Hallelujah. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look at chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Very common uh, set of verses that you uh, no doubt have read before many times. We've looked at it. I think I've even looked at these before. But we're going to look today at the title, Standing Strong in the Battle. It doesn't do any good if you just stand in the battle, but we got to stand strong. Amen? Let's stand strong in the battle and let's put our confidence in the Lord. We need to win. And today we're going to see that the Lord gives us instruction on how to win to be victorious today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to read verses 10 through 18. If you would stand for the reading of your word. Amen. Verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of, not our might, but His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the methods, the, the, the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, and supplication for all saints. Hallelujah. This morning, standing strong in the battle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we come before You today. Lord, we, Lord, we pray that You open our eyes that we can see. That God, there's a battle that we can't see with human eyes. God, there's a battle that's coming, Lord, to try to come against our souls. To try to come against our families. And God, we know it's coming against our nation. And God, I pray that God, you would open our eyes this morning to realize that you've already given us the help we need. It's through you and your presence and your spirit that God wants to surround the believer that we can put our confidence in you and the enemy has no authority in our lives. He cannot touch us. God, if you're the number one thing in our life and we're surrounded by your presence and your word and your spirit. And God, I pray that you open our eyes and God, that Lord, we would walk out of here victorious knowing that the enemy has nothing but to tremble at your name and at your presence and God he can't do anything to us and God if we put you on oh God and God I pray that if someone doesn't know you this morning they know you before they leave and I thank you for that right now in Jesus name amen amen you can be seated this morning standing strong in the battle standing strong in the battle listen there is a battle whether you know it or not and many people miss it there's people that this morning that probably should be here that, that could have been. And I'm not talking about ones that can't. There's people that could be here or people that have came in the past or before, even before sickness. There's people that, that has not realized that there is a spiritual battle and that's why they get, they get easily sidetracked. Because if we don't watch out, we think that the battle we face is this flesh and blood. It's things we can see. Oh, we see those. We know those. Someone's giving me a hard time or that person that, uh, uh, that tried to run me off the road or that person at work that's, that's all the time giving me trouble. We see those people. And so we, when I talk about we need God to help us through our struggles and the battle that we're in, we easily put a face to it. But that's not the real battle that you're in. There's things that you're facing today that you see a person, but behind the scenes... There is a spiritual battle going on. Let me tell you something. What's going on in our nation today? You're seeing physical faces. There's people that's being impacted by it. But that's not the core. That's just a simple. In EMS, in, in the medical profession, one of the things we have to do when you get on scene and you're going, you find someone that's got condition that you don't understand what's going on, you do something that's called a differential diagnosis. You look at them and you start looking at the symptoms of what's going on. And you start putting all those symptoms together and you're doing a run through in your mind. Well, it could be this or that but no it couldn't be that because they got this symptom and, now, and finally you come to some resolve and says this is really the problem. See you can treat symptoms all day 
I can treat your runny nose all day. I can treat that cough. I can treat some of these things. Not me. I, I can't prescribe anything, so don't come out after church asking me to prescribe because I can't. But I can't treat. But I can tell you, you know, we, we can do things, and, and, and you can determine uh, uh, things that you can do to fix that symptom. But the core problem is not being resolved. The only way we get to it is you go back and you find what's causing all the symptoms. And you take care of that problem, and all of a sudden everything else takes care of itself, right? Uh, we can't just put a band-aid over a cancer and we've covered it up and it's, oh, that's going to take care of it. No, 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 no. You've got to take care of the cancer and then that sore goes away. Yeah. You've got to get to the problem. When you look at what's going on in our, in our families, you look at what's going on in our lives and what's going on in our nation and in the world, there is a spiritual battle that's going on. Right. We're seeing the impact of a spiritual battle. And you take care of the spiritual battle and it takes care of everything else. You want to see peace in our land again. It's not by coming up with a certain law or whatever. Yes, we need some of those. We need to enforce some of the ones we've already got. But we need to work on that. But what we need more than anything else is saying that the church goes to their knees in prayer and starts calling out on God and says, God, you've got to do the work. These things that we're seeing is not something in the physical. There's a spiritual battle in the background. And we need God to move. And so Paul is telling, and Paul in the last few chapters has been telling the church, he's been telling uh, 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 servants how to, to be respectful and to do a good job. Uh, those employees to do a good job for their employers. He's told husbands how to love wives. He's told wives how to love husbands. He's told children how to obey their parents. He's told parents how to not discourage their children. He's been given all these perfect, uh, uh, the, the God's plan for every one of these situations. But now he's lumped them all together at the very end. And he's saying, now let me give you something. Because all those things that I'm telling you to do, you can't do them. Let me say that again. He's saying, I've told you all these wonderful things that God wants to do. But you in your own strength can't do it. We can't love the way we should without his help. We can't forgive the way we should forgive without His help. We can't be a good employee without His help. We can't be a good husband or wife or even a son or daughter. We can't do it without His help. So He's saying, and He's summing it all up, and He's saying, listen, I've told you what you need to do now. Let me tell you how you do it. How you do it. Because He sees and He's lived, there is spiritual battle going on, and He sees it in His everyday life. Listen, we see the, the situation today. And He's telling us in, this, in this, uh, these verses to put on spiritual armor. And it's necessary. Some of us, sometimes we, we, get, we, we ask the question, why do I keep going through this thing? Why do I keep getting pulverized in this area? Whatever. Are we putting on the spiritual armor that God's already given us? Let me, let me give you an illustration that will bring it home to you. If today, you know, law enforcement, they are given, and Steve may have some things in his trunk, or I hope he does, if he gets into a mess back there. But if the, the police, a lot of times, especially those that are going to work some of these riots in the big city, they've got some specialized equipment to protect them during those because they know if you were to see one of the big cities in this big uh, uh conflicts are going on and if you see the law enforcement roll out in a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt and a whistle to say blow the whistle whenever they see somebody doing wrong they wouldn't be there very long <laughs> because that's not going to stop the enemy that they're facing there is a struggle going on there is, there is a real battle that's going on. And if you look at them, we're going to look at some armor today. And if you want to get a real picture of it, just watch the news tonight. You'll see that they're going to be standing there. And they're sitting there and they've got right gear on. And they've got pads on their legs. And they've got their, all their equipment on. And they've got a helmet on. And they've got a shield on. And they've got gloves on. And they've got everything that they can. They've got it all. They've got masks. And, and they've got the sword. They've got the guns. They've got it all. Because, why? Because they realize the struggle that they're in. That's right. They realize they got to be prepared for what they or they're going to be overwhelmed. Yes. That's right. the same thing. And so we look at that and we say, well, that's probably necessary. But you and I are in the same exact struggle. Listen to me when I say this. We are in the exact same struggle today spiritually. And if we don't open our eyes, I, I wish we could today, I was praying this morning, and I, I wish just like, I think it was Elijah that asked the Lord to open his servant's eyes because he was fearful. He didn't know how they were going to do it. And he says, open his eyes, Lord, let him see. And all of a sudden, when he opened his eyes, he could see the spiritual. Now, he's seen all the, the angels ready to respond. But do you know what? In that same spiritual world, there's not just angels. We don't have to be afraid because we can be victorious. But there is demonic forces. There's fallen angels 
that have rejected and, and the things of God and was cast out. And a third of the angels was cast out. And they trouble us on a daily basis. They trouble us. And so there's a battle going on. And they're trying to defeat you. Their plan is to destroy you. Their plan is to take you down and discourage you and to cause you to give up hope. And the question is, is what are we going to do about it? Well, Paul knew all about that. But it says here, so the first thing is, if we're going to stand strong, we need to know first the source of our strength. You've got to have some strength. You've got to eat your Wheaties when you get in battle. And so we spiritually have got to have strength, right? We need to know where our, our Listen, your strength isn't you, I can tell you right now. If your strength's like mine, it ain't going to get me much past the back door, okay? It, it's not going to get me that far. Our strength is limited. It is, it is totally finite. It is, it is limited. And so we see that God has unlimited strength. We see in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. That, verse, that word strong there is a word that actually that's translated strong. It's a word that says to be enabled to do something. Right. What it's saying there is, when you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now enabled to do something you couldn't do before. And so the problem is too many people try to do things in their own strength. And we get easily defeated. We are no match for the enemy we face in our strength. We can't do it. If you're, getting, if you're getting defeated, if you keep seeing things happen and you keep wondering, God, why is this happening? we got to put on the armor. So we need to realize first who is the source of our strength. We need to be, so that verse, that verse is saying, be strong and empowered in the Lord and His mighty power. Oh, listen, the, the Lord's mighty powers, when He came and He walked into the temple, His mighty power, when He wasn't saying anything, all He had to do was walk into the temple and demo, demonic spirits that was in people would start crying out and falling before Him. Why? They recognized the power. That, that's, the, yeah. that's the Son of God. And that same exact power is made. It's talking here about the Lord will come up beside you. He's not only going to be beside you during the battle, He's going to cover you in the battle. He's going to give you a strength. Paul knew this, and Paul talked about this in 2 Timothy 4.17. It says, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the line. Paul wasn't saying here that, Thank God that I was strong enough in myself to be able to resist and to do what God called me to do and I was able to, to be delivered from the... No, he says, the reason I was able to be delivered because if you read a few verses before that, he had opposition that it was, he was amazed. In fact, he warned the rest of the brothers, look out for them because they're tough. And he says, but I was able to be delivered not by my strength, but because the Lord came up beside me. I felt His presence come in right when I needed Him. And it says that He stood with me and strengthened me. He enabled me to be able to do what He asked me to do and delivered me out of the mouth of the lion. There is, listen, let me tell you something. The enemy hates you. I'm sorry to tell you that. He hates me. He hates me. He hates you. And we need to realize that you don't have to be... So sometimes we talk about this and people get comfortable uncomfortable. Well, then I, I'm scared. Don't, don't stir him up. Don't do anything. No, let me tell you something. You've already... The battle's already won. He wants you to believe that you can't do anything about it, but it's already won. All you've got to do... What's this? this let me, if I don't say this another time, I'm going to say it now. You will find in here... What's the theme of this? these eight verses or nine? Stand. Four times. Stand. 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 That's what he stand your ground. How do we do it? The Lord's standing right here. Hey, don't you don't you feel confident with the Lord standing next to you? Hallelujah. Stand. Hallelujah. We know He's the source of our strength. Not only to stand, we need to know our the source for strength. We need the, to stand strong. You need to also know who your true enemy is. You need to know. Hey, it's hard to fight an enemy you can't see, right? We're dealing with that right now. An enemy we can't see. It's hard to fight that. But listen, we're fighting an enemy that's not. The Scripture says in verse 11, it says that we need to, reason we need to know who our enemy is, it says put on the whole armor. You got under, that, that's listed a couple times too. Put on the whole armor. Not some of the armor. Whatever you feel like of the armor. Put on all of it because there's a need for it. Because that you may be able, empowered, covered, to stand. This is, this is a purposeful uh, resistance to an attack. 
To stand against the wiles, that word is the methodious. It is methods, cunning, crafty methods that he's coming against you. Well, where did he come up with that? Well, we've talked about that before. He's had thousands of years. By the way, every one of us, we may say the devil done this. It's very, I don't know if anybody in here has really dealt one-on-one -on -one with the Now, Job did. The Lord did. But the, the devil is not unlimited. He can be everywhere at one time. So he has his uh, multitude of angels all over this world, and they're given authority. And we're going to look at that in a minute. So we face an enemy who has learned, and he will look, and he knows he's got a bag of tricks. Just like in the military, they got a ton of different weapons. They'll try one. If it doesn't work, then they go a different route. They keep looking for weaknesses. The enemy comes against you the same way. He will try you. He'll try to discourage you. If that don't work, He'll try to tempt you with something else. He'll try to, uh, 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 try to bring you down from different directions. And so this is saying that we need to be able to stand against all those methods that he's going to try against you. So you're, you're in a battle. Whether you believe it or like it, you're in a battle. And so the enemy's trying things against you. And the reason that we can stand against him, we need to know who our true enemy is. And we got to put on the whole armor of God. We need to realize that. Our real enemy isn't that person that you look at every day at work. It's not the person that you look at when you go home today. <laughs> it's not the person that uh, is probably does, that you know doesn't like you very well. The enemy is a spiritual foe. Yes, the enemy, the true enemy that you're facing is a spiritual foe. Verse 12, part, the first part that says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not somebody that you know. Sometimes it may seem that way, but we just need to realize that there is, there is a higher power caught pulling strings to try to discourage you. And yes, he'll use people if he can. But who are we facing? We are facing principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I explained to you a minute ago that, that the enemy is not able to be in more than one place at a time. And, and even though they are very powerful, very strong. We're no match in our physical body. They, they are limited. They, so if you look throughout Scripture, and we're going to see a verse in a minute that's going to describe this, but the, but the enemy puts them in different areas and he gives them authorities. He gives them different areas and this is where you concentrate and these are the people you concentrate. And so there is demonic forces all over the world that's coming against God's people and they have different levels of authority just like even in our political system here we have a president, we have governors, we have, uh, we have uh, all the way down to the lowest uh, uh, part of our government. And I, I don't know where that will be, but to the bottom of the government, uh, we have different levels of authority. And so that's the same way even in the spiritual world. That, that only, the only thing we need to realize is that there is enemies that's, that is actually tries to come against us and to discourage us. But let me tell you something, he's above them all. He's above him. He's already won the victory. Daniel, Daniel faced this. Daniel was praying. Daniel was seeking God. He was fasting. He was calling out, God, God, I need an answer. I need you to move. I need you to speak to me. And for 21 days, he fasted and sought God. Now, the enemy was trying his best to get him to give up. He wanted him to say, well, God's not going to give me the answer. I might as well. And we know through Daniel's whole life, man, what a man of God he was. From the time he was a teenager all the way through his life, he was a man of God that God could speak to and God could minister to and God used even to encourage us with the Word of God. And we see that he's praying. The devil did not want him to get the answer. And so he sent... You, you, Daniel, could Daniel see what was going on? For 21 days, he's praying. Nothing's coming back. And so the enemy was... in his mind could be said, well, God don't care. God ain't going to answer. Just quit praying. Just accept it the way it is. But he didn't. He kept pressing in there until finally the answer broke through. And we see that it says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13 says, then, this is the angel that come to him. And this is what it says. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. Listen, we got to focus on it just for one second. Listen, let me tell you something. You go before God and you call out on Him. You can see, we get to see little pictures of the heavenly every once in a while in Scripture. We can hear it, see it right here. When you come before God and you humble yourself and you cry out to God, from day one, God heard you. From the moment it comes out of your lips, God heard you. Your words were heard. And I come for thy words. God immediately dispatched me to bring the word to you. 
immediately. But there is a spiritual battle going on, Daniel. There's a spiritual battle. It, it affects you, Daniel, because they don't want you to get victory. They don't want you to have the answer. And it says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia. This is a demonic force that was given the authority in all of Persia. And this was a great, uh, mighty, fallen angel that was trying to resist this angel to get the word. He's wrestling with him. He's fighting with him. He doesn't want him to get the message to him. Thank God, God's on the throne. It says, it says there, he withstood me one in 21 days. He's in a battle. He's struggling. He's going to get the word no matter what. It says, but after 20, but lo, Michael, hallelujah, lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, Come to help me. And I remain there with the kings of Persia. He, he actually, if you look at the way that says, he came to fight. And the battle is even still raging now. He's still wrestling with this angel. And I've come to give you this. And I want you to know God knows who you are. And God sent the angel to you and to give you the word and to give you your answer. And if you were to keep reading, I encourage you, Daniel chapter 10, keep reading a few more verses. You're going to see, I've got to go back to the battle because he already knows what's going to happen. See, the devil don't know. He says, I've got to go back. The battle's still raging. And the prince of Greece is getting ready to come. He knows exactly who he's going to be facing and he already knows who's going to be the victor. It's going to be God. Hallelujah. So there is forces that have authority. And it's not that important to know that. It's just important to know that they are going to come against us. But we've already won if we trust and put our full confidence. And the Lord is saying, giving us the word here today through uh, Paul that we would be able to overcome because that enemy comes against you to try to take you down. Listen, you can only stand. You can only stand to the degree that you've protected yourself with this whole armor. If you say, well, I'm, just, I'm not really that worried about it. I'm just going to put on the breastplate of righteousness that we're going to look at. You're going to find out you're easily defeated, and we'll see why. We've got to completely put the armor of God. It goes on in, in, in verse 13 and says, Wherefore take unto you the whole, again, the whole armor of God, that ye may be enabled to withstand in the evil day when the attack comes, having done all Again, four times, stand. The word here, this is not, by the way, this isn't a, a, just a fuzzy, warm a suggestion. Oh, I beseech you, I, I, kind of, I plead with you, stand. No, this is a drill sergeant saying, stand. Stand. Don't you give up ground. You plant your feet and you stand because if you don't stand, the enemy will run you over. The enemy will take ground. The enemy will get to your family. The enemy will get to your church. The enemy will get to your, the ones you care about and you're praying for. The enemy's trying to get through you to get to them. And the only way you can do that is to cause you to give up. And so he's saying, stand with, with nothing else. Stand. You already have won the battle. I'm giving you the, the things you need to be able to do that. Hallelujah. Don't refrain from putting on even one piece of the armor that God has given you because when you do, you open a door, an inroad for the enemy to get to you. I can tell you that uh, during this this COVID response that we've had over the last several months at work, we've got this equipment and it's not comfortable. It's not fun. My, our people cry about it more than anything else because it's especially during the 90 some degree weather because it's hot. But when they respond, they've got extra protection. Normally when you go on a, an ambulance call, you probably only see somebody with a pair of gloves on got to protect from germs, right? And if it gets really bad, you can put goggles on or something like that. But now, when you got a response uh, 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 to anything that looks a little iffy, then we have a lot more. We've got a full Tyvek suit, this armor. You put on a full Tyvek suit and zip it up. It's hot. And then you've got gloves. And then you've got a, a mask that's going to block. And then you've got a full face shield. And we've even got goggles that are going. We've got all kinds of extra protection because we need to realize that we've got to be completely covered to be able to block any inroad to get to us. And that's the way it is in the spiritual things too. Verse 14 again is saying the beginning of that first part, Stand therefore. Stand. He's trying to get this a point. He's trying to let you know this is the key. Don't Lay down. Don't give up. There's too much at stake here. Hallelujah. Our enemies are no match for God. Stand. Walk yourself. The enemy is no match for God. And neither are we, by the way. 
I remember I, I told you that story before. I was thinking about standing and walking my knees and getting in a position of pushing back. And I told you when I was a, I was a kid and I got prayed for and I got healed as a kid. Mom kept encouraging me. And I'm going to bring it up one more time because it was, it was the stand part I want to talk about. So uh, the, go up there and I didn't want to go. I, I didn't want the rest of my friends because everybody that got prayed for during that revival that got healed. And, and so I, I, was too, I was too worried about me. Uh, they fell. They fell out right there in the front. And, and I know the women, they, they would have to run and put like some coat or, or cover over their legs. They were, you know, trying to be modest and all that stuff. But listen, when the Lord does it, everything just happens modest as soon as it hit. It was just perfect. There wasn't nothing that we had to worry about. But I remember I put it off because I didn't want to fall. I was determined. I'm going to go up there and fall like everybody else. And all my friends are going to laugh at me. But it got to that last night or next to the last night or the last night. And I remember mom was telling me, you got them seed warts all over your hands and you need to get the pray for it because the doctors couldn't help me. They weren't doing any good. It wasn't doing a bit of good. It's getting worse. It's growing. It's getting everywhere. And it was a problem. And so finally, man, I, I, my, my hate of those things got above my pride, okay? So I finally went up there, but I had a plan in my mind. So I went up there to pray, and I got the end of the line, and I got myself ready. Now, I'm pretty, you know, I was 12, I guess, or something like that, and I kind of got in position in a football stance, you know, like this, and I was ready because I had this leg, and this leg locked. He ain't going to, I ain't going down no matter what. I ain't going down. And he laid his hands on me, and the next thing I know, I, when I look up, after I open my eyes finally, I look, I'm looking at the See, I went down. I went down. You know what? You can't put, you can't overpower the Lord. When He moves and touches you, you're going down. Well, not only will He do that to us when He touches us and does something powerful to us, not only that, oh, the enemy is going to go down a lot faster than we are. That enemy is fearful. That enemy can't stand there with locked knees. In fact, their knees are knocking because they know, just like that we see pictures of how the enemy responds. They run. They're fearful. Oh, Lord, do you're going to do anything to me now? Please, I know who you are. And they're trying to get away. They're fleeing. They're trying to get the other way. And even those that resist, all He's got to do is say, come out of them. You dry up. Don't you say another word. You come out. They can't do anything to him. That's the same exact thing that he does. And you've got to remember, this says he's standing right beside us. All we've got to say is, Lord, cover me. And you're right here, Lord. Cover me with your presence. And when that enemy comes, Lord, I'm going to lean on you. Because you're going to be the one giving me the strength. You're going to be the one to cover me. And you're going to give me victory. Hallelujah. Stand there for Having your loins girt about with truth. Having your loins girt about with truth. I've got to get on this. Uh, this is the first list of a, the necessary armament that we have to have. And it's so important. You know why? That, that, that belt of truth that they put on, it held everything in place. Let me tell you something. It, the enemy wants you to... Hey, I've got here a few times, by the way, at least once or twice, and I've got here, and I realized, because I ran out real quick on a Wednesday, and I changed clothes, and I got here, and I realized I forgot my belt. And I got here with my belt. Now, that's going to be a problem when I get all get wound up and get out here doing this stuff. And I'm going like this, you know, trying to, trying to keep it up. So I'd call Dad, could you please stop by my house and get, let me give you my belt? Because I know I'm going to need it. You know, I'm going to need that. Our belt's important, isn't it? Sure. It holds everything in place. In fact, this, this belt that they wore, by the way, as Paul's writing this, you all know this, but as Paul's writing this, he's chained to two soldiers. And he's got a real good view of this armor. He's looking right at it. He understands what it looks like and what it's used for. And he may even have a few conversations. Tell me about that. Tell me about that belt. What do I mean? Show me that belt. What does that do for you? What happens if you don't have... He, he has some pretty good conversations. He's got nothing else to do except pray and talk to these men. And so he knows all about this. So that belt is what... It's important because that belt's also what holds everything tight. So that there is nothing loose uh, that gets in your way when they're trying to be agile and move and go into battle. They need everything tight and ready to move. And so that belt is important. It's also what the sword hung on. So that belt's important. And without it, everything else falls apart. Isn't that the way truth is? Yeah. You know, the enemy doesn't want you to know what truth is. In fact, that, what did Pilate say at the end of his conversation with the Lord? He says, what is truth? Yeah. What is truth? He's saying you can't know truth. And he didn't realize truth was staring him right in the face. He is the truth. We see that. It says in John 14, 6, Jesus said this. He said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The enemy wants to confuse you in the way of truth. You can base your life on whatever you want to. You be a good person. That's all you got to do. He wants to give you error in your life. He wants to give you error in your mind. As long as you're better than everybody else, God's a good God. He's going to forgive and He's going to let things go. No, the Lord says, I'm truth. And what my word says is truth. 
And you can put your life and bank it on putting your confidence in the Lord. And He is the Logos. He is the Word of God. Amen. So we need to stand on truth. And we know that when Satan attacked the Lord and tempted him during that 40 days, and he came to him and attacked, what did he challenge him with? Truth. He tried to take the Word of God and just ever so slightly twist it and try to tempt Him with it. But what happened? The truth proclaimed the truth. Amen? He proclaimed. How does He do it? He is the Word. He's the living Word of God. And so He's like, no, 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 no. You can't. And listen, the enemy will do that to you. He'll cause you to take some little thing that you've known and you've heard your whole life and He'll just twist it just enough to try to cause you to believe error and to get an inroad into your life. But we need to say, no, that's not what the Word of God says. God is still on the throne and you can't deceive me. We need truth in our relationship and what we stand on. You know what? We also have to have truth even in our hearts because sometimes if we don't watch, we hide the truth and we think God can't see it. David, a man after God's own heart, did that. And his life was a wonderful life, but he also had some big failures. And his biggest failure he probably ever had was what he did with Bathsheba. And one sin led into another sin and finally death. It was unbelievable, the roads. And that's the way sin is in our life. It will cost us more and more and more and more until we paid a price that we didn't have to pay. And so we see here that we've got to take and, and let God see that. He does see it, but we've got to reveal. And we've got to be honest before God. Truth. Don't try to cover up the truth, but let God deal with it. And let God work on it in our lives. And it goes on in verse 14 at the end. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of right. Let me tell you something. We will not get into heaven's gates. We will not be victorious in the battle through anything we do ourselves. Right. We don't have. This morning I was saying, Lord, I'm nothing. Lord, I, I, I don't have anything in me. You've got to help me, Lord. You've got to strengthen me. You've got to do the work, God. I can't do it. I feel a burden. I feel a load. And I feel like I'm supposed to do something. But I'm like, Lord, I can't do it. It's all in you. It's all in you. You are my help. You are my strength. You are our righteousness. We can't face the struggles that we face in our own strength. We've got, to, we've got to put our confidence in the righteousness of God. God says, be ye holy even as I am holy. And in ourselves, we're not. In fact, Isaiah told us this when he said, your righteousness is as filthy rags. The, the, the best that you've ever done before God smells before Him because it's based in sin. Your whole life in your own strength, it's filled with sin. The only way that we get the glory of God and God's able to look at us and see us differently it's when we are surrendered to God and we give our heart and life to Jesus Christ and then He washes us white as snow and then He covers us with His righteousness, with His strength. You know what the enemy does? And see if he's ever done this to you. Does he ever come to you and he accuses you and he tells you what you used to do or what you've done? He tells you your weaknesses and he puts it in your face. We see that he done that. He loves, he, Chris, the word says he's an accuser of the brethren. Yeah. Brethren and sistren. He's the accuser today in your life. And he'll come to you and he'll try to say, don't you try to act like you're anything. You're nothing. And you know what you can say? You're absolutely right. I'm nothing. In me, I'm nothing. Hey, I'm just a sinner. But I've been saved. And it's not what I've done. It's what He's doing. It's His righteousness covering me. I will not stand before God on anything I've done. I'll stand there covered with the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He will give me entrance. You're a liar. You are a liar. You can't come against me with that. Hallelujah. We need His righteousness. Not only that. Verse 15 tells us more armor. And your feet shod, covered tightly with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That word preparation means readiness. Readiness. This is sitting there talking about that our foundation that we stand on is in nothing else than Jesus Christ. Don't put your confidence and your strength and your confidence to stand against the enemy in anything but one thing. I stand on the solid rock. If we try to stand on anything else, we will fall. One of the greatest things that you'll find in battle is you've got to keep your feet planted on the ground. You've got to keep off the ground. And if you keep your feet planted and they teach you how to in battle, how to keep your feet on the ground, don't let them get you down. You've got to be on firm standing. Because when you get your feet, I don't care how strong you are, I don't care how talented you are, when your feet is not on solid ground, you're going down. Right, Dad? Right, Dad? Okay, your feet, you're going to go down. Yeah. 
I, 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 can't, I can't just say dad because I can say, woe is me. I can tell you, if I, there is videos that if, if our whole life, now before it's over with, we're going to have these. Of course, now I've got a bunch of cameras around my house. But uh, uh, if, there, if I had some of the cameras I have now, several years ago, I could play you an illustration that you would really enjoy, okay? You would understand why it's so important to have good footing. Because there's been times, and all, I mean, and my wife did it just yesterday. I was trying to do something. <laughs> yes, that one was going to say. And she cut, and I realized, I backed up because I realized she's, I'm going to pay if I, she's trying to tell me, don't do that. You're going to go down. You're going to, I was going down. I got this hill. I've got to put steps down this hill. I'm telling you, I got to put it off my back porch down to the basement. I got to put steps there because I go down this grassy uh, incline or, or embankment to get down there, and it's a shortcut. So I'm all the time, I have done this for years. I keep doing it. I don't know why I ain't got that done. But, but, I remember times in the past when I've been trying, I've been in flip-flops. Flip-flops. In on wet, dewy grass that I'm carrying something heavy, too heavy, and I'm going to take the shortcut, and I'm going to go over this hill, and my wife ain't looking, so I'm going to do it, because I can do it. I'm a man. I can do that. I'm strong. I can, I can make sure. And so help me, I could not tell you the times that the next thing I knew was the, the wind is knocked out of me, and I'm laying there in the grass praying, I hope she don't see me. <laughs> I hope she didn't see me. Or worried about where's that thing that went up in the air? Where's it at? <laughs> because it's going to kill me. We have to have sure footing. You've got to, let me tell you something. The enemy knows what you stand on. He knows what you believe. He knows where your strength is. And if he sees that you're not standing on that solid rock, if you're wavy in any way, if you haven't got a complete confidence where you stand, he'll knock you down every time. We've got to be able to cover our feet with the preparation of the gospel. By the way, that good gospel, the good news. The good news. It's not anything we do. He, we deserve death. He gives us freedom. Hallelujah. And we need to tell everybody else about what He's done for us. Verse 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench, put out, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, this word, I, I've not, I hadn't seen this before, before today. Now, that, that above all, it can go two ways. And I've always said, and it's true, I believe it is true, it's saying, above all, hey, number one, is what we've always taken that, right? But honestly, if you look at the real uh, translation of what this word uh, uh, really means, it's called, it means covering all. Above all, yes, it is, it's important. You've got to have the shield of faith. Because it is the very thing that pushes back that, those arrows that's flying to us that the rest of the armor is not catching. We see that, but it also, what it's talking about is covering all. Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. The Roman soldiers of that day, they had shields that were square. They were four foot tall, and they were two feet wide. It's kind of like, if you look at the, the, the shields that they used today, it's about the same. They're pretty similar. They might be rounded at the top or whatever, but, but the size was about the same, four foot by two foot. That way that when the enemy was coming in, they would shoot a barrage of arrows. They would, sometimes, you'd be like today, snipers would have pinpoint accuracy looking at that one key person. But they would shoot barrages of arrows, just hundreds or even thousands at one time, and try to take out the front line and then people behind them. And so what they would do is they move forward to try to hold back the enemy. These soldiers with these two by four uh, 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 shields they could, when, the, when the arrows were coming, they could just duck right behind it, and it took care of them right here. They would hit and bounce off. They would link them together so there was no gap for the arrows to be able to penetrate between them. And as they stood together in unity, they were able to push off these direct arrow targets that were heading right toward them. But there was arrows that was going to go over their head, and they couldn't stop them. So what their tactic was, was very clever, is that whenever they called out that this barrage of arrows was coming, the front row did exactly what they normally do. They linked together. They got next to each other, arm to arm. We're supporting each other. We're praying for each other. We're in this battle together. And they would get behind it, and that enemy's assault would just bounce off. And the arrows that would go over the people that were behind them, they, above all, they would take their shield straight over top of their head and link up to the person in front of them, covering the person's head in front of them, getting under it, and the person behind them will cover their back and their head. And so they would just link up and all of a sudden a wall formed over all these soldiers and these arrows coming down that was going to take direct aim. They would just bounce off these, this shield of faith. 
is we put it to work. And we say, let me tell you something, devil. You hit me with whatever you want to, but I know who I trust in. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you cannot penetrate that. You cannot penetrate that. There's nothing you can do. And so we see that we've got to take the shield of faith. And it's so important because when the enemy comes against you, sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we, the enemy's coming after us with all he's got. And what we can do is say, Lord, I know I've depended on you. You've been faithful before. I stand in firmness because I know you've been faithful every day of my life. You're going to be faithful to me again. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes those thoughts that hit your mind in the, in the real world, there'll be thoughts that hit your mind. And that, sometimes that's, done, that's happened to me. And I hope I'm not the only one in this room that's going to be able to say, there's sometimes thoughts hit your mind you weren't expecting. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did that come from? I mean, I know. I wasn't thinking that. I know that was pretty bad. Where in the world did that thought come from? That's one of those fiery arrows. Yes. You know what you've got to do to put that out? Shield of faith. Lord, that's not you, and you come against this right here. God, you give me victory, and you rebuke that. You, you win. You're victorious. Why? Shield of faith. Verse 17, I've got to get, I'm coming to the end. And the helmet, and take the helmet of salvation. Hallelujah. Paul defines here that helmet of salvation as the hope of the Lord's coming. We need to know who our hope's in. Because if this, as Paul said, if this is all there is, I'm of all men most miserable. But this is not what our hope said. It's not here. It's not in this world. Our hope, thank God, because they're burning everything down. Our hope's not here. It's in the eternal. It's a home that they can't. There's no Antifa at our heavenly home. Hallelujah. It's secure. Hallelujah. Our hope is not here. And so we need to realize that our hope is not in us. It's in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 tells us, but let us, who are of the day, that's Christians, godly people, be sober. You need to be awake and aware. Put on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. He's saying to us that your hope is not here. We got our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know He's there because He's right here beside us. We feel His Spirit surrounding us. We know that we can put our hope and strengthen Him. He's been faithful every day of our life. He'll be faithful tomorrow. And someday in the soon near future, He's going to call us home. And our hope is in that. That's where our hope is. Hallelujah. The enemy comes against you to try to steal your hope. And if he can the battle's won for him. I've read so many accounts of soldiers and prisoners of war in battle and they've been in, in jail and prisons and they've mistreated them and they've abused them and they did all these things and there's some that made it through and when they ask them, how did you do it? I never gave up hope. Yeah. I knew they'd come and get me. Right. I knew the Lord was going to carry me. I knew I was going to make it home and they wouldn't give up hope. But right next to them, somebody else gave up hope. And a few days later, they just died. Why? They lost hope. The enemy will come against you and your mind. And the number one thing he wants you to do, he wants you to see the problems. He wants you to see the attack. He wants you to see all of his armament. He wants you to see how powerful he says he is. And he wants you to give up hope so that you lay down the weapons so that he can come in like a flood. But when we have our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and we know the victory's already won, I don't care what you're facing. You can say, devil, you're already defeated and you're not having any in my, in my mind and you are defeated and I stand in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and my mind's made up. He's my hope. He's my help. He's my deliverer and He'll come through for you. So we see that if we are going to stand strong, we need to know where our strength is. We need to know who our true enemy is. We need to have ourselves completely covered by the armor of God in His presence. And finally this morning, to stand strong, we need to know one thing. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Let me say it again, folks. Some of you can wake up. We're more than conquerors. We've already won. Hallelujah. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You, no matter what you face, the victory's already won. We've already conquered. All you gotta, what do you got to do to get to the victory? It's already won. How do you get there? Stand. Stand. Don't let them push you back. Don't let them lie to you. Stand there. Hallelujah. When our armor is complete, and we have been enabled by the power of God's presence and Spirit. And He's covering us completely. We're able to resist the attack of the enemy. Now, 
you're at a place where now you're a threat to the enemy. Now you have been able, you're able to take ground. You're able to push back. You're able to get to have some effect. We're going to look at, a lot of times we say one, I see two. There's two things that the Lord has given us in this armament. It's two things that He gives us in so that we can move forward and, and, and come against the enemy and attack. We don't have to just sit here and wait for We can actually, we're going to see we can press in and take ground that He's already taken. We can push back and we can be victorious. Well, first of all, we see in verse 17, the second part of that verse we didn't read, and it says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. That word there, sword, is not talking about a three or four foot long or a big Goliath sword we talked about Wednesday night. It's talking about a little short sword. It's a little, really sharp sword. And, 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 and it's a word that talks about the rhema of God. It's a word that's talking about a little sword that's able to be agile and it's able to move quickly and it's able to get in little tight places and it's made for hand-to-hand combat. Hand-to-hand combat. This is talking about the rhema of God. A specific, distinct word of God to give you in a very moment that gives you victory over, over the enemy. It is specific. It's the Word of God that says He's going to give you the victory. And the enemy, you can't come against me. And the Lord rebuke you. And the Lord has already given me And it's a little short. It's made for that combat, hand-to-hand combat. And it says that He will give us the victory through the Word of God. Let me tell you something. There is Why in the world does the enemy fight the Word of God so much? Why does he want churches not to have church anymore? Why does he want us to two things? And these are the two weapons that we're going to see. One is he doesn't want the Word of God. You know what happens when the Word of God goes out? Conviction for one thing. And hope is another thing. People are converted. He doesn't want this Word has power in it. You don't believe it. You just keep reading it. See if it doesn't convict you. See if it doesn't challenge you. See if it doesn't cause you to get stirred up if you read it. So we need to realize that first, our first weapon is the sword of the Spirit. And the enemy, what did the Lord use? The sword of the Spirit against Satan when he came against him. And the enemy was defeated and he fled. He'll do the same thing with you. You know what else? You know what else? It doesn't just end there. The last one, what we've been doing lately, prayer. Why does the devil not want us to have service in America? He doesn't want people to pray. He hated what happened. I got looking at some of the major news media last night trying to see if I could find something on some of these marches on their websites. I mean, even on some that I thought it would be there. And now, it could be there. I don't know where they hit it, but it couldn't, I couldn't find it. Everything else was on the, the major news networks but that. Yeah, there was a big event happened yesterday with this, with this justice, but they didn't even put it on there. And if you look, there was thousands and thousands, there was tens of thousands of people around that mall and people crying out for God to save our nation and God to have mercy on all those in leadership. All. Not one party. All those in leadership. And God give us wisdom and God bring us back to you. And there was a cry. And even the vice president was there and prayed and spoke. And we see that the, the, uh, uh, the, the, there was such a push toward the things of God yesterday. And the enemy doesn't want us to even know about it. He wants us to think we're hopeless. He doesn't want us to know that's the key. So he tries to stop the Word of God. And he tries to stop your prayer. Because those are the two things that he fears the most in you. Is that we will get that full armor of God. We will realize that we're more than conquerors. And that we'll press in with the word of God saying you're a defeated foe. And you have no authority. I, I'm telling you, we learn to do that. Say, I want you to learn to do that. Stand there in prayer and say, enemy, these, these family members I'm praying for, you have no authority. Those are your children. That is my family. And I stand under the things of God. He's our Savior. And you are have no power. The Lord rebuke you. And let me tell you something. He can't stand that. Why? Because you can be victorious that way. He doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to just bow over. And so we need to realize the Word of God and prayer is the two things. Let me tell you something. There's people hanging in a balance and that if somebody doesn't do any something, anything and there isn't any prayer going forth, that they're going to tip over into eternity loss. But when there is prayer going forth and a nation's calling out and their family's calling out and God gets involved, all of a sudden the enemy loses his uh, strongholds and he loses his ability to hang on and all of a sudden the Spirit of God penetrates a heart who is dead to the things of God and all of a sudden sin is realized in our life and they start breaking before God and they're going the other way how did that happen the word of God and prayer those are the weapons you have listen prayer and I'm, I'm closing with this it says 
in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're in this battle together, aren't we? We're in this battle together. And when we bind together in prayer, let me tell you something. If two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. I'm going to do some things. And so when we come to pray, the enemy can't stand it. That's why you have such trouble getting here sometimes. The enemy don't want you to be here praying. He doesn't want you to seek God. Why? Because he is the one that will try to prohibit you, to discourage you. It's no different. Priscilla, get ready. There's no difference. In the, in, in the military during the war, you'll see that one of the targets that the enemy would try to take out is the guy carrying around a box on his back with a big antenna sticking up. The communications soldier. And he's given, he's got a mic. Now I'm sure they've got a lot more advanced stuff now. They probably all can communicate, no doubt, but he, because they've got handhelds. But back in, in World War II, there would be in each company, there would be one or more men that had a radio. And it was a big deal. And they would carry it. And they would try to protect this guy because that person was the lifeline to get back to command. And so whenever they got locked in and they seen where the enemy was and they would get behind the lines and the enemy was trying to proceed, they'd get the exact coordinates of the, the enemy. And they would give those exact coordinates to the communications man. And he would call back to headquarters and say, we got a thousand enemy at this exact coordinates right here. Hit them with artillery. Or they would come in with jets, with pinpoint accuracy strikes. And they would be able to come in and wipe out the enemy because they knew where they were. That's exactly why he doesn't want you to pray because when you are able to call for reinforcements, you're no longer alone. You're no longer under his control to where he can get you cornered and discourage you to give up. No, when you can call in reinforcements, what happens? You see his back running the other direction because he knows when that Lord and Spirit gets on this scene, when the Lord answers that prayer that I just heard go up, I don't want to be anywhere near it because I'm going to be on the receiving end of that. And so he wants to discourage you. Let me tell you something. Realize that prayer is the most important thing and that's why it's at the end. The enemy is trying to keep you from getting there. If he can stop you at any point down this armament, he's won. But if you can get to this end and you believe and use the word of God and you throw up prayers, rhema specific exact attacks on the enemy, he is defeated. We can win. It's already won. Don't let him have any more. Don't let him win any more victories. But today, we stand strong in this battle. And God's people can be victorious even in this hour. We can see mighty things happen in this hour. Amen. Stand this morning. Hallelujah. This morning, uh, if you will bow your heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, I, I thank you, Lord, because you are victorious. God, your name's above every name. God, and Lord, you've already given us everything we need. Thank God that you stand with us in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the, the struggle, in the midst of the battle, Lord, we're in. God, you stand with us and you never leave us or forsake us. And God, you've given us everything we need to be able to stand. And Lord, you're saying, stand, it's already won. I've given you the victory. I've given you, all you've got to do is put me on. Don't let there be any inroads to any lives today. And God, I pray that you would have your way this morning and move in this altar and God that we would leave here victorious and walking in faith and strength through your mighty power. Hey, I